I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the second preseason episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast for the 2019 MLS season. This episode is brought to you by NASA, tracking the orbit of Terrence Boyd's PK for the next 15 years. Oh, oh wait, no, no, no. Uh, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon community. Uh, you guys are great. Thank you so much for everything that you do and your continued support. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I'm joined tonight by our co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle. I'd also like to welcome our special guest host, Dominic Hoffman, formerly of the Burgundy Wave and now host slash creator of the Mile High Radio blog. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hello, hey, friends. So is this a blog and a podcast? Is that right, Dominic? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been really just doing a couple podcasts recently. Um, I am not the most confident in my blogging, so I try to find people who are better than me. And until that really happens, we're going to do more more podcasts. Well, there we go. Uh, and you guys may notice we're all trying to do the video uh, tonight. Uh, that's something special we're trying to do this year. At least these two preseason episodes are going to also be available on YouTube. If you like them, let me know. Uh, I don't have a pachow or a... Whoop, whoop kind of graphic or anything to do to be like subscribe let us know. here yeah exactly like, like tweet us at us and let us know if you're liking the youtube stuff uh, had some followers had someone say nice so i hope you guys like it it's just an alternate format i know not everybody maybe can listen to a podcast or has soundcloud or one of those things so uh, uh fun i mean we're we're four handsome guys so i mean i guess that that's gonna work too and just also so you know that is not a bob ross painting Behind Dominic, I've already asked him. I figured it was either Bob Ross or uh, Lothlorien, but it's it's neither. So you know, we, we can all have dreams, and <laughs> we just we just couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford that one, Mr. Kendall. Well, I'll tell you what. Everybody's dream, at least from the uh, MLS fantasy point of view, has come true. And uh, just last week on Friday, the MLS fantasy 2019 game officially launched. You guys heard our first podcast where we had uh, the interview with Ben Bear, where he was giving us some teasers about the changes that uh, came out, and uh, now they're all out. So people have seen them. There were a few little minor things that we didn't even know were going to be there until we actually got into it and started playing around. And so before we get into our Western Conference breakdown, which I know is why everybody's here tonight, uh, we're going to talk about just our reactions uh, on just, just the first reactions. And um, we'll start with the biggest one, uh, the biggest one, I guess. Everything else is really more of a quality of life kind of change. Uh, but the maximum number of players per team has changed from four down to three. Uh, and I think uh, that's a pretty cool change. Uh, what about the rest of you guys? Yeah. I'm kind of indifferent to it. Why is that? Um, well, I think like it, it comes into play most of the time in double game weeks. But for me, that that fourth pick was usually the one that there was a lot more variability on. Um, when you had you know a big matchup where you wanted four guys up and down the spine, the top three players I can usually tell you it was usually the fourth where you saw diversity and creativity. That was the well, that was what Ben said. It's the purpose of the change. I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot more. I think you're just going to see 
kind of creativity in the same ways. I don't think it's going to really diversify the teams the way they think it is. It's okay. I'm willing to see how it plays out, but it doesn't like, oh, wow, this is such a huge change, you know? Yeah, I would have to agree. When I heard when I heard the explanation of why um, why the change was made, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it, and I, I get what you're trying to do. But if you, if you take one player away from me, when I'm going head to head against somebody else in double game week, we're still going to have three of the same players. Like odds are, so I get it. But it is so. Is there you know. still a template secondary player to bring in as the replacement? Yeah, like I could see it being like, hey, you know, you've got if we're going same thing keeper and then a defense like you're probably going to have the same goalkeeper and same defensive player on your team as the guy you're playing against. Now, See, I think the, people... No, go ahead. Oh, that's where I like this change going down from four to three is I think you're still going to have a little bit of the templating like because you're never going to get rid of that in this game. But now with three guys, you can't take that really good matchup and say, oh, I'm just going to take two from the front and two from the back and balance it out. Now you kind of have to choose, do I... Do I risk it here? This is the best defensive matchup. Go two to three guys in the back, or do I split them in the front? I mean, it's just, it's going to open up a little bit of that where you can't just go, oh, two up front, two in the back, and call it a day every time. And the other thing people don't need to overlook is that this is going to impact switcheroos. So you really need to be aware of who you have on your field when you're going to make a switch. Uh, it, it caught me a little bit today when I was playing ground with some teams, was thinking about getting a few more Dallas players on my team. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm planning to bring in Jesse Gonzalez or, or a keeper from Dallas. So I need to be mindful of who I have out there on the field. So don't get caught with, uh, with your players right there and, and your switcheroos might get messed up. <laughs> Uh, next change, I guess the next most significant change, uh, which we haven't seen play out yet, is the the new price system. Uh, we've been told that it has changed. It's been tweaked. But however, this is an algorithm that is proprietary to the provider. And so that's not something that we can actually know. The official statement uh, on the website about this is that uh, player prices are based on past performances with the most recent games having the largest influence on their value. So that's the only hint that we have. Uh, guys, I, I guess it's fair to say that we hope that's true. Uh, that that was a frustration um, that someone who scored a hat trick four rounds ago was still rising in price after he went three rounds with maybe a one point. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing is, you know, I like the idea of this change, whether or not the formula actually accomplished what it's set out to do. That's what we don't know. Um, and I mean, MLS will keep its secrets as far as this one goes, but I mean, I hope so. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We got a lot of we got a lot of data crunchers out there. We'll we'll figure it out. I know Mike was super into that last year too. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they temper it just a little bit, this is a win for the league or for the game, regardless of how well it works. I mean, even a little improvement goes a long ways at this point. Yeah, and I mean, it'll, the big question will be whether the outliers have a big effect. Like, for instance, Senderos last year when he got that 15-point uh, score, uh, it was a clean sheet and a goal or two or something like that, um, how much those huge outlier scores mess up the, the average? That's going to be the big question. Yeah, so those are the big changes. Uh, I know I've seen some people fussing about uh, this this huge thing didn't change and why didn't they completely change this up. And if you've been listening to this show at the end of last season, uh, everybody should have already known that Ben really wanted to provide some consistency. So even if this is not the game version or format or rules that people want, uh, Ben was set on just having some consistency. And I think that's a very valid point that even if it's not our ideal system or setup, uh, 
having consistency is what's going to help keep people coming back and maybe even make them more open to a change down the road after they've sort of gotten, feel like they have the hang of it and not just pulling the carpet out from under people every round, every year. Uh, I'm getting ready for the season. It's talking about rounds already instead of years. <laughs> uh, some of the other changes, I'll just read these off and you guys can talk about whatever you want to. Uh, may not have noticed this, but uh, for those of you who aren't in a head-to-head -head league, uh, the new maximum limit, uh, you can change it with head-to-head -head leagues. Uh, last year, it was just a little drop-down box where you had to select your, your total. Uh, this year, you just enter your value. It has to be uh, an even number for head-to-heads. And uh, I, I found this out today, so I'll let everybody know. If you already have people in your league, you it'll give some, some weird errors if you try to change them. So say you have six people in your league and you want to change your league to say 36 people. It, it won't let you type the number three because three is an odd number and there's already more than three people. So uh, I mean, an easy way around that is just like start by typing the number eight and making it like 836 and then deleting the number eight and it's all fine. But um, it's not perfect, but it, it worked for me. And uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's what Blaine, you said you had 512. Uh, yeah, I did 512 for a really big Facebook group just, that I'm part of. Play around with. Uh, so, but no, I think that's a great change. Uh, there is a double game week tick box on the player select screen. Maybe the first change that many people noticed when they first logged in. That's awesome. Uh, also to the left of the player selection options, there is a blackish grayish outline, kind of hard to see, um, Facebook and Twitter icon. So you can actually share your teams easily without having to do weird Frankenstein screenshots and clippings and, and whatnot. So that's, that's awesome to, to be able to have that and not have people's heads get cut off. Uh, but people need to know that it, the link doesn't get you to a new team. It's like when you share it on Twitter, the picture is a link to just join fantasy, but the picture actually shows your team itself. I, I know I was confused by that. I saw a bunch of people confused on Twitter. So if you're kind of wondering like, wait, why isn't this bringing you to your team? It's because they already showed your team in the picture. So that's what you have to look at when sharing teams or looking at other people's teams. Uh, there's also new app notifications. If you haven't, I mean, you should have gotten the app already as it was pushed out, but uh, there's new app notifications you can have for injuries and lineups and goals and all that. So check that out for fantasy. There was but, a prize. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to clarify because I went um, and got some clarifications from uh, Ben Bear and James Ballow. Um, James Ballow uh, is one of the workers on the app. He's been really good about giving some information to the fantasy community about what they're working on. Um, all that they're going to be giving you updates for is like if a substitution happens during the match and it's an injury-related substitution, it'll notify you. Also, if the injury of MLS official injury report is updated, that's usually Wednesday and Friday. So that notification is not going to help you when those lineups come out and it's like, oh, someone got hurt in training, surprise. That The notifications are not going to help you as of yet. Um, James Ballow said that they're trying to work on a system that provides more information. It's when like lineups come out and, and all of that. It's going to be more fantasy relevant, but it's still going to be a good source of information because it'll notify you when an injury comes up. So something to keep aware of, but you know, still use hashtag MLS injury news. That'll probably okay. help you out a little bit more as far as the surprises and check lineups. That's still going to be your best bet. Yeah. Uh, last change that I'll mention and then open it up to you guys to talk about anything or mention something that I may have missed. Uh, there was a change to the prizes. Originally, when the game launched, it had the old 2018 prize information, $2,000 for first and, and whatnot from, from there, $100 for the leagues, I think might have been. Uh, that actually changed, but that update got missed on, on launch. It has since been corrected, uh, but it's I think it's $1,550 for 
for the league. So just just go back and check that. There there was still some stuff that was getting up there. I mean, we all got the welcome to 2018 fantasy emails as well. So clearly there were some things that that didn't get caught when when the game was first being launched. And that was one of them, but it's not a, not a huge change uh, right there. Uh, did I miss anything? Anything you guys want to touch on again that you like or didn't like or? Um, I saw one change as I was building my first roster just to play with it, and I actually pulled some numbers for you guys. Um, it looks like the number of 4.0 cost players has gone down drastically this year. Oh, that's a good point. I'm I'm finding I, – I just ran the numbers really quick. 14 defenders, 10 midfielders, and 7 forwards. I mean, that's less than half of the teams with 4.0s at any given position. Um that's a huge change as we play switcheroos, especially early in the season. Um, I only got through the forwards. There were 14 forwards at 4.5. So you're talking 21 players in those bottom two price price brackets to pick from for your forwards. So that's really going to mess with our switcheroos early on. Um, good luck finding those forwards in the late games. Um, I was struggling with that when I built my roster. Um who do I have? I've got, I think the last game I could get somebody from was San Jose and Montreal, which is the final game on Saturday for round one. So to put that in perspective, that means I have no Sunday 4.0 forwards. It's, uh, it's a Montreal player, right? Uh, San Jose player, but I think Montreal game? has one as well. Okay. But so that means I can't do a switcheroo with a young guy from Sunday and and have that work out. I have to make my decision Saturday night for this one. And I think that's going to bother us all season long because there's not a lot of fluctuation here. And as these guys play, their price will probably go up a little bit. So we're going to lose some of these guys if they end up playing. And you can do a keeper room because Sporting Kansas City's got a 4.0 keeper. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, goalkeepers are a different story. Like backup keepers almost always start out around that 4, 4.5. So there's plenty of keepers out there. It's just your field positions. Dom, you liking what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, so far, I think what it does is, like, for me, um, I had a, a a pretty busy year personally last year, and I didn't play a lot of fantasy. So it takes somebody like me who, you know, maybe took a took a season off or is kind of new to the game where it it gives you some flexibility and some some room for error a little bit because then when you start getting into some of the more complex, like, tactics of it all, it, it, it levels the playing field a little bit more. At least that seems to be the attempt. And that's kind of what they, they mentioned whenever they did their like 15 minute welcome video and everything like that. Oh, that was cool. We could have mentioned that. That was a nice little, uh, what is that? Uh, Fantasy United FC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And or whatever Doyle's alternative name was that used every other weird name from across the, the world. That was fun. That reminds me of my first fantasy team name, which is Real Nola City FC. There we go. <laughs> that was, that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll um, use this. Go ahead. Oh, one one change I wanted to mention, and then I'm I'm gonna kind of go into a rant. Um, the budgets, the way the budget has changed a little bit, not like the number of changes or the number of money, but you can put in a player that puts you over the budget, and it will show you how much over the budget you are, and okay. so you can make that change before you save the team. So that is one helpful quality of life change. Um, right. Everyone, assume the ranting positions now. Okay? Assume right. the ranting. <laughs> um, I can't believe this game came out last Friday. I think it's, I know, I guess it was tied in with the app a week before the actual MLS season is ridiculous. Um, that's just, I, it's, it's way too late. I mean, you know, here we are, we're doing a preview of the Western conference the same day. We really ought to be doing a week one preview because we had no time. We didn't have the game to look at all of that. We haven't had a build up. that that's ridiculous. 
Second, the fact that that was not communicated to the community when this game was launching is poor. It's the same lesson they messed up last year. They haven't learned how to communicate with fantasy people. I mean, people last week were tweeting like, is this game coming back? I know Reed got those messages. I got those messages. You know, Older Goaler tweeted something like, this MLS clearly doesn't care about the fantasy community, which if they're not communicating that they're doing something, that's exactly how you feel. I don't know why it wasn't communicated first when the launch date was, even if you are going to launch it so late, which I think they shouldn't have done. But even if you are, say, hey, we're launching, you know, expecting this date. You know, this is when we're hoping to have it for a buy. Look out for it. And then like in the buildup, say, you know, start releasing a little bit of teasing of the prices. Of the prices. We've seen that this weekend after they released the game. Like here are the top five keepers. Here are the top five midfielders. Here are the top five forwards. Yeah, Something Bobby. to kind of, Every day to like give you a little bit of taste, get people talking. None of that. We're going to try to have a build up analysis and all of the week. You know, I, I'm, I mean, so far there's like 8,000, 9,000 people sign up for the game. I really hope we get to the numbers we had last year. But if not, you know, it's because MLS just has not learned this lesson. Communicate, be transparent, let people know what's going on. Uh, the information I have about what's coming in the game is from James Ballow talking in our Discord chat. And that's great. It's better than nothing. But it really needs to be like official communication, more communication. And it's just so, so annoying that it hasn't been fixed at this point. So I think, unfortunately, Mike, uh, you've kind of gone all Bobby on us. And you're much more interesting to watch in, in, a, <laughs> in a robotic Mike video than maybe the people listening to us on Spotify can. So I don't know. We might need to go back to Avatar unless you get too involved with with your video. <laughs> there we go again. Uh, like I said, this is something new we're trying. So for, yeah. forgive us if, if it's <laughs> not working uh, 100% all the time. Um, and also, I mean, that's, big stack center. Fix Stat Center. That's yeah. Every time but I every how time I try to open so it today, useless. I want to get open. like a new camera useless? just so we can get those things. Fix it. <laughs> Fix it. Yeah, like so I can't. Like I went to look up what Brian Rose price was, and I had to take on mobile take out a keeper in order to look him up. Like it's totally useless on mobile. I, just, uh, so I don't know why they didn't fix that at all. So I mean, that's uh, this is a totally valid point, and I mean, I know that. People may say that we're cheerleaders for the league sometimes. And I mean, we, we love the game. So, I mean, we're trying to help spread it. But this is a total valid valid complaint. And we know that MLS has heard this. And, yeah, uh, I think number one right now on, on my list for 2020 conversations, which I guess there's not a lot that's happened so far. But, yeah, uh, a, a better rollout plan that that involves teasing and, and the opening weekend challenge and, and things like that I think definitely needs to be a serious conversation. Um, and you're right that it does give off the appearance that that people don't care or the league may not care. But I think from the interactions that we've had, like what which you've had uh, with with talking about the app and what we've seen Ben interact with and making some of the new content, I think there are people. We've had people interact with us on Reddit as well, trying to get feedback. I think there are people who who have shown that they do care about this community and they do care about this game and they want it to succeed and and so um missteps like this do hurt that but i i think it's important that we do remember that it's not all of mls and that there are people who are reaching out to try to make the game better and those are the people who we need to support and those are the people who we need to reach out to with our feedback in, in a constructive way to help make things better 
I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fix my video so you can see my robotic machination. There we go. Now. Is this better? Much so better. far. So far. Uh, so, yeah. so there it is. Uh, a great rant. Our first rant of the season. We should have had like a confetti or something. That would have been fun. Um, any other changes you guys want to mention before we get – there we go. There it is. Whoosh. Uh, <laughs> before we get on to, to talking about this Western Conference preview. All right. Nope, let's get well, back let's, to soccer. Let's get back to soccer. Uh, we're going to have a whole season long of fantasy. Western Conference preview, just like last week. I'm going to turn my phone back on so we can maybe hear uh, the, the chime. But we're going to do this ETR style, uh, five minutes – per team and not like that weird ETR style where they'll like not follow their rules and, and go ahead and do six or seven minutes. We're going to try to keep this to, to five minutes each team so we can get through it. Uh, just like last week, we're going to do general fantasy thoughts. We're going to talk about the uh, top fantasy prospects from that team. And then I will give my final fantasy grade, which these guys are welcome to have a little rebuttal to if time is remaining uh, for that. So I've tested a few of these grades already uh, in our Discord chat on MLS Fantasy Boss. So uh, I think they're okay for some of them, at least. I, I didn't get, get thrown out. So let's start things off. Uh, Dominic, I know you had to assume that I was going to lead this one off. With yeah, you, no, I figured but, as much. Uh, yeah, yeah, Colorado. Let's go. Yeah. Um, okay, so general thoughts on them. I mean, obviously last year and the last couple of years haven't been great. Uh, Team-wise, fantasy-wise, not much uh, was going on anywhere. Uh, no goals to speak of, but I do believe that they went out and they, they did a great job to actually go and try to like alleviate some of those problems. Uh, Diego Rubio is going to be a huge kit. And I think he's a great value play for, for like what he, what he's, what he's opening at. Um, just, just the fact that even in preseason, I mean, he, he scored twice the other day against Portland or against uh, Los Angeles. And then he scored in Las Vegas too, um, which means he's probably not going to score for the first four weeks in Colorado, which is great. Uh, but I mean, it's just stuff like that. I don't think that defensively there's a whole lot that they can, it scares me. I know they did pick up uh, Kofi Apare today, uh, which was kind of a foregone conclusion, um, but they've got six center backs now. So I don't know what their plan is. Um, maybe they're going to push out um, Courtney Ford to go be like a, a backup right back or just just back up keegan rosenberry but there isn't a whole lot um defensively that i feel confident in um i mean i do think that midfield and i'm very hopeful that the midfield and the forwards do actually pick it up this year but i can't i can't say that i'm the most confident about it you just go a five-two-two. have all the defenders stand in the goal with tim howard uh benny and Nobody Acosta in the middle and then kind ruby up front and there you go that's it go. You, you can tell reed is a fc cincinnati fan <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it how works you defense just put back all of them on defense just put kai kamar up front and have them have them punt the ball that's it that's all you need yeah now, Dominic, I, I'm kind of surprised to hear you talk about your team this way. Um, Kansas City guy here, your front three right now are Kamara, Felhaber, and Rubio, which kind of no, has me drooling again. Like, I see this, and I what I see is maybe a little bit of old-school MLS, maybe 2009 to 2012, 13 RSL with the diamond coming in and that early 2010 to about 2014 sporting high press you've got the players to run kind of a hybrid of those two systems together. And if they turn that on, I see good things coming from Colorado. I um, see great things I, coming from, but that's the thing is yeah. if they turn it on. 
And, and I don't doubt these guys that you've got up top to keep the pressure going. Now, I do have a little bit of worries about the defense. Um, I've been a little vocal. I'm a big Courtney Ford fan. Uh, Axel and Courtney together would be my center back pairing to start this. I think those two in front of Howard can help lock this down. I like what I see on the spine here. I think Colorado could turn it around this year. And as we get into fantasy, I look at their prices and they've only got four guys at 7 million or higher. And those are four attacking players. I like this is a gold mine for fantasy options week in and week out. There's some cheap defenders that I think are going to actually be able to put it together. And I kind of trust what's going on with this defense. It may take them a little while to get together, but mid season, mid for uh, spring season, I could see them really figuring it out and starting to do some damage in the West. I mean, Mike. I feel very confident in them. Um, just so much to the point that like, with the players themselves, I feel super confident in them, and I agree with you. But the only thing is, I don't feel very confident in Anthony Hudson. So that's where I get lost in it, you know. Uh, yeah, Mike, I, I like Hudson. <laughs> I, was just uh, saying, and, I mean, Hudson didn't really show too much last year, but but I think Blaine does make a good point. I will just want to throw some numbers out. Uh, Betty Fieldhaber is only eight million this year. Uh, Kellenikos is at six point five. Um, especially week one, they're at home against Portland Timbers. Uh, if you're trying to look at someone to fill out the budget, who you know has a high ceiling um these are not bad options to look at um i, I, I didn't write out what diego rubio is i think he was, uh, think he was at seven five he was at seven five um so i mean that, that's not too bad either um de definitely some of the cheaper options here um if it all works out i will You're say in my first draft of my team i was i did have kellen acosta and diego rubio both on the field but oh, wow yeah, I think I chickened out of a forward just because of Portland's defense. So are we 3-1 that LA Galaxy preseason game fluke or a representation of maybe things to come? We'll talk about it later, but that's the, as bad as the LA Galaxy defense is, and this attack is going to be able to exploit defenses like that. Uh, I agree. I, th I think there's some potential differential promise right there. Uh, I don't know if this is going to carry them into the cup. I think it will put them in contention for not, I mean, not the cup into the playoffs. Uh, I think it'll put them into contention for, for one of those bottom spots. Uh, but they, I think they might do better than the people are uh, thinking. So that's the time. Uh, cancel. Dismiss. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that's the time right there. So my final thoughts, unless these guys want to disagree, uh, I was unsure about all the new additions, but Kai and Rubio seem to be doing well in preseason. And that boosts my interest in Colorado. Uh, I'll also add in there, of course, Acosta and Benny coming, Benny coming in to join him. Uh, C plus team on the rise. Seems fair. Moving on, FC Dallas. Uh, Blaine, why don't you talk about Dallas? Yeah, Dallas has kind of said they're going to commit to the youth, commit to their uh, academy players, and do a little bit of an overhaul, kind of a rebuild. And fantasy showing that. Uh, they've got a few guys at that $7 million mark and above, but a lot of their depth is 6'5", six, 6'. Six. I mean, we've got a lot of 4'5 players on here that could see the field this year. Uh, it's a team in a rebuild. I think they're going to fall off on the Western Conference standings this year. I think they're going to take a couple of big steps back. Uh, fighting for the playoffs is going to be probably the best they can hope for this year. They're not going to be one of those lock in, locked-in teams. But they've got some new names to me. Um, Aranguiz, um, 8.5 midfielder, uh, 
big potential. Uh, got picked up, I think, in all three drafts that I was watching yesterday. Looks good. Um, Andrasek, new forward. Um, don't know anything about him. MLS is putting him at seven five. Uh, but I look at the rest of the list. Uh, Mascaro and Baji are the other two forwards listed up there around that seven million mark. I mean, there's just some value options all the way around. I expect this team to struggle a little bit. Defense doesn't look as overhauled as some of the other areas. So who knows? They may be able to put together a pretty strong defense, but if the attack can't string passes together, they're going to be under pressure a lot. So kind of a mixed bag here, but definite value options. And as I was talking about the 4-0 players earlier, three of the non-goalkeeper 4-0 players are here in Dallas. I mean, they've got a pretty solid defense that they're bringing in from last season. Uh, Hedges, Cannon, uh, Ziegler right there. Uh, and then Hollingshead at defense, 4.5. Seems like he's going to start. He played all over the place last year. I think that's a great potential value right there. And then Paxton Pomacall right there playing in the middle of the field. Uh, $6 million. He's been doing really well during preseason. Some great value. Guys, do you disagree with Blaine that, that Dallas, with some of this youth, has some, some pretty attractive value pieces, especially in round one against New England? That's the thing. Is like I saw who they're going against, and you're like, oh, you're going against New England. There's no way that you don't pick up somebody like Paxton Pomkel or somebody um, somebody in that midfielder attack. There's, I mean, you could, even if you have Holland's head on, on defense, I mean, there's, there's no way that New England's going to score well against Dallas. There's no way. Yeah, there's only one preseason uh, result that I really put stock in, and that's the New England Revs' first team losing to Orlando's B team, six to two. Right. And really, it was six to nothing <laughs> when Orlando was like, well, the last 10 minutes, they just gave up. And then uh, New England scored its two. Um, I have real concerns about the Revs. And I think um, Paxton Pomichol is probably one of the biggest misprices uh, in the game. Um, he's going to play attacking midfielder as a 10. Uh, to get him for $6 million, I mean, he should be at least an 8, regardless of what you think of Dallas's chances. Uh, at the beginning of the season, when you're looking for someone who's cheap to budget, high ceiling, uh, I think he's pretty much a must-own week one. There we go. High praise. Uh, Baji, we haven't talked about him a whole mm. lot. Uh, Dominic may know a bit more about him than the rest of us, but he's got some speed, uh, though I have heard from some Dallas players that they're not really sure about how often he will feature in the lineup. I mean, I think it's something that um, he's always shown promise pretty early season. Uh, he, he seems to get off to a pretty hot start and then <clears throat> tail off as as everything starts to get going. Um, but again, it, it, it's right. there. How often are you actually going to see him in the lineup? Which is kind of sad because I like him, but how often is he going to be out there to actually play for you? And you could probably say the same thing for uh, their goalkeeper. Dallas has a, a history, it seems, of, of playing all of their goalkeepers at, at least – five to ten games every year so uh we're likely to see but maybe that changes without pareja maybe, we'll that's it. a very good point no that's a good point uh i mean the top two right now are gonzalez and, and mar but um yeah no that that's an excellent point we could be seeing gonzalez a lot i know he's an early target for me in a keeper that that i'm keeping in mind but um uh yeah no, that's that's a good point any other thoughts on balance you guys ready for the grade let's grade them a uh, lot of solid pieces. I like they're going with youth. Uh, just not sure about who's going to be up top at forward. Solid B. I like it. Uh, they got options at all all the spots. So I think this is a good team. Well, almost all the spots. All right. Can cancel that one. Moving on. Houston Dynamo. Mike. 
Um, well, they signed Tommy McNamara, so I'm expecting so you that. love him. So yeah, <laughs> we're Club World Cup. You know, they are they are going to be unstoppable. Um, I mean, honestly, that's really the only big move they made. Um, they haven't really hold, done a whole lot. I mean, the other big move was bringing in Struna uh, on the back uh, on the back line. All I've really seen out of him is him like clocking a dude. Um, and getting a red card in preseason. That's um, right. He, <laughs> so I don't have a whole lot of trust in him. Uh, apparently he has a history of that. Um, so I'm not really sure what they're going to really do. So, and I mean, the problem is with Houston, um, you know, I, I think they're going to play a 4-4-3. Um, maybe it'll be, be end up more like a 5-3-2. But regardless, they're going to play more defensively to start and hope to hit people on the counter. Um I don't think their defense is really good enough to do that. And then you have all the inconsistency up top. I mean, we know Kyoto, Minotas, um, um, and Albert Elise are very talented players, but they're just not consistent. Um, I mean, Albert Elise like infuriates the XG gods every game he plays by just not being able to convert his uh, finishes. Um, I don't think anything's changed. I think it's the same team that you're going to have last year, the same kind of frustrations. Um, so I think in general, I'd want to stay away from Houston Dynamo just because I hate players who are so inconsistent, but, um, you know, some value there if you're just kind of desperate and they have a great matchup. And they're in CCL, so first month you may want to be avoiding them. Uh, and they did win their CCL. We didn't do a kind of a quick recap. Um, for European players, it's probably worth doing at some point, uh, letting them know what the MLS stat- statuses are, but... Um, yeah, Houston looks like they're at least go to the next round, um, but I just don't think they're any different than last year, except for Tommy Mack. So we'll see how much time he gets. I mean, he's got to get some time early on, you'd think, just from rotating the squad and everything for CCL. But yeah, I think they had a couple of uh, tweets of lineups recently that sort of showed their uh, A and B squads, and Tommy Mack was right there in sort of a number 10 ish type place. I mean, how, how would you? You deal, Mike, with Columbus versus Houston when you've got when you've got your your boy Patrick and, and Tommy both both going against each other. That, that just makes your head explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, it would just be so beautiful. I mean, it would probably be that that would probably be the end of the world if they both see the field. I mean, they would just like they would both they would manage to both score a goal at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Balls yeah, would split. Be, uh, so does this all come down to defense and balancing with CCL? Because I don't think any of us are going to disagree that if you're and a, in a favorable match with Houston against like Cincinnati or or in Orlando <laughs> or someone, um, that that their attack with Elise Minotas and Kyoto is is deadly and potent, and you would want probably one of those in a favorable offensive versus a poor defense match at period across fantasy as long as they're not tired from CCL. But it just all rests on this defense that's shifted up some, uh, new in the middle. De La Garza is back, and he was gone all of last year, so the wings are the same. But this middle part, uh, Blaine, does that give you anywhere? I know you're used to watching yeah. a team with a solid defense. Yeah, um, I've talked to a lot of Houston fans on this, and I've read quite a bit. Houston is – there's one guy on this roster that you've got to keep an eye on to see if Houston's going to turn the corner and take this really potent counterattacking team, really potent, fast, speedy three-man set and push it to that next level, and that's Juan Cabezas. He got hurt last season pretty early on, and they looked lost without him. He is kind of that um, Ilié for Houston, Mm. 
from Kansas City that he's going to be that linchpin between the back and the front. He's going to be the one kind of organizing everything in midfield. That's the guy they brought in to hold that role. And for two seasons now, I think he's been there two seasons, he's gotten injured in both of them. If he can stay healthy and adjust back to playing with this team this year, um, Houston can go a long ways. But it's all hinging on that one guy, and I hate to see a team built around one player that you can't afford to lose like that. But I mean, we'll talk about it with sporting later. I mean, sporting's in the same boat. They can't afford to lose that one player. It's just a core part of who this team is. And when they lost him last year, what they did without him was still pretty amazing. I mean, Minotas, I think set the club record for goals in a season across all competitions. If you're going to pick one guy from the top, he's your guy. He's just, he seems to be getting better and better every season. And you can't understate how good this young kid could be if he keeps progressing like he has been. And you keep Cabezas in there behind him and keep these forwards freed up to where they're not worried about having to track back for defense or getting just blown out. That's That's time. Five minutes done. Getting down there to uh, my final grade. Um, They've got CCL and a questionable defense. I still love this offense, but uh, that can't carry them all the way. C+. I like the offense in the midfield. LA Galaxy. Uh, let's switch back to you, Dominic. Um, all right. Well, I do think that the Galaxy are just waiting to explode. I think they're they are a dumpster fire. Um, and it's funny because oh, just how much the bad way. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> the, the opposite direction in which way I'm. Yeah, you're right. Phrase Im- implode. Implode. Um, there's no way. Like they have no defense. Um, and then I do their attacking pieces, even though Ibrahimovic came in and, you know, lit the league on fire. And he says that he wants to break every record there is this year. I mean, he's one of the higher priced players out there for a forward at 11 million. And like, it's one of those things. How much do you trust that he is going to have to score like six goals to win any game with that team? So, I mean, maybe that is a good play, but <laughs> that they're not there's no way that they can keep pace with anybody um i don't even understand how they're even going to be allowed to play because they've got four dps so (laughs) do whatever the hell you want to do i guess i'm sure they'll find some way to get get around it and they'll build their david beckham david beckham uh, statue in the front and they'll win they'll win mls cup because that's how this league should go sometimes i think but um I don't know. They bother me. They bother me. Ibrahimovic is my favorite player uh, across the world, and I hate him because he plays for the Galaxy. So that's kind of where I'm at with this team. <laughs> um, Roman yeah. Alessandrini, he's he is the man, uh, and you you do have you do you do have some good uh, you know attacking midfield play. Um, hopefully, Ola Kamara can get some stuff for you, but he's at nine million, so I don't know if it's again something that's worth the value. Uh, Sebastian Lejet's only at seven, so he's kind of in the he's kind of in the middle there, and I'm sure he's going to get. Um, get a few assists, kind of pushing everything up top. but And currently injured. That is true. He is currently injured, so you're not going to have him for the first couple of weeks. Uh, Blaine, it sounded like you had some thoughts about L.A. earlier. Yeah, sorry. I had to unmute for I've got little Lily here with me. She's been in and out. It's almost bedtime, so <laughs> here we go. L.A., uh, they've there's, it appears they're switching up to a 4-4-2 this year. I think a flat 4-4-2 for the most part. That's going to put Kamara and Ibra together on the field. Uh, I can't wait to see that. That's got some huge fantasy potential. I know in some of the early preseason games, there were um, 
Zlatan was getting the assist. Kamara was getting the goals. I, I think watching those two play off of each other could be dynamite for both the league <clears> and for fantasy. Um, but that defense is definitely really suspect at the moment. I expected something better from them in the transfer window, but they really haven't done anything. And that's, what's going to be their Achilles heel. I think it's going to be exciting out there. I think it's going to be fun to watch for the most part, because it's going to be end to end action all across the board. Every game they play, uh, they're going to be able to light up the score sheet for four or five a game, but they're probably going to give up five or six a game. And that's just the way it's going to be this year. Um, going to be great well, I don't for know why y'all are I don't know why y'all are expecting them to have done much in the market because they're going to use all their TAM money to pay down Jonathan Dosara uh <laughs> Gio Dos Santos's uh salary wage. Uh look, I was reading uh MLS's season preview which by the way if y'all haven't looked at their season preview, they have a great um yeah. projected lineup and all that for every single team. Um there's also one available for mlsfantasyboss.com. Uh, you can check out every team uh there. Um <clears throat> But so I was far. looking at the MLS's soccer.com uh, projected lineup, and I was stunned to see Servando Carrasco as the projected defensive midfield starter. Like the defensive midfielder who was rejected by Orlando City. That's how bad right. of a defensive midfielder. <laughs> so if you're wondering why we're concerned about the Galaxy's defense, that's why we're concerned about the Galaxy's defense. I mean, your your big name um, forwards, you know, from last year. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what Legette does, but I don't know how much planning time he's going to do if they're going to all this trouble to um, keep Jude Dos Santos on the team, which I don't know why they just don't cut his ass. He was no reason last year. I mean, other than just keep Jonathan Dos Santos, which which honestly they could just let him walk too because he's not that great. But regardless, I enjoy the when the galaxy are bad. I think everyone outside of the LA Galaxy orbit does. So all right. So here it is uh fantasy grade for LA Galaxy. Uh, it looks like the LA Galaxy focused more on building statues than on preseason results. <laughs> Solid D for this team. Because they that's the only D they're gonna get is that one for me. So. <laughs> Also, their new star system is really stupid. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's move on to uh, LAFC. Uh, looks like Blaine still got a little bit of Lily with him. So, Mike, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll take him. Um, right now, Vela is hurt, so that's going to be a big issue um, week one. Although they do have a really interesting matchup week one with um, Sporting Kansas City uh, because Sporting Kansas City is a CCL team, and Sporting Kansas City is the only team who next week is leaving home to go play their CCL match. They have to go to Mexico. That said, they're up 3-0, three, three so... Um, could be good, and I mean, Sporting Kansas City, more so than a lot of other teams, knows how to go on the road and just bunker away and just draw an ugly result. Uh, but back to LAFC, um, you don't have a whole lot of big turnover here. Um, but my looking over the squad, it's mostly the same as we saw last year, although obviously Simon left uh, midway last season. Uh, my big problem with their lineup is it's really kind of overpriced. Um, they're all pretty expensive defenders, expensive midfielders. They're not a whole lot of value. Uh, obviously, they're quality players. Carlos Vela, uh, we know how good he is. Uh, I think the only real value that I saw on the roster was um, Ramirez at 7.5. Of if, if he is a consistent starter, which we didn't see towards the end of last year, which is why he's priced at 7.5. But if he works into the starting lineup, which he really should, uh, coming off a good camp with the U.S. men's national team, um, I think that could be some value in a cheap way into this lineup. Otherwise, you're paying for the high-priced guys um, that we know are very successful. So um, they're there, they're good, and when they have a good matchup. I mean, I think this is going to be one of the best teams in the West 
um, with a full season under Bob, uh, Bob Bradley. So I think I expect a lot of them, but fantasy wise, there's no real like surprise budget uh, options here. What about K and Win? Uh, Eight million is definitely not uh, value. Um, it's probably fair, though. I would think that that seems like a pretty reasonable price compared to what yeah, they could do. Yeah, I think do. it's fair. I mean, we'll see what Caleb comes looks like when he coming coming right. back from his injury. Um, I, for for Win, I didn't find he was consistent enough um, in the points, and it's not really clear what his role is and what his role is going to be under Bob Bradley. Uh, this year, I mean, last year they kind of did it where he was almost like a defensive midfielder, like a quasi-defensive midfielder. It was kind of weird. It was new and interesting. It got blown apart by RSL uh, in the playoffs. Uh, well, I mean, shot-wise, not really, but, I mean, you saw the kind of chances that got created. But um, so that that's my kind of hesitancy for guys like that. I, I certainly do agree with you, Rhea, that those guys could develop. Um, K a little bit more uh, than Lee Wynn for me. Um but th- those would be some interesting options if they develop. But I mean, I think those the pricing reflects some of the uncertainty around the way that they ended last season. I mean, do you think Ramirez? Do you think Ramirez actually ends up beating out Diamande to start the season, or is it just going to be kind of a? I mean, is it something that at seven and a half is that something that's worth taking? Um, I mean, it's if you can check the lineup, you know, like for this week, maybe I, I'm trying to remember when they are on the schedule. Uh, I mean, I know Ramirez was projected as winning that starting spot. So apparently they've been using him in preseason a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they're, they're playing very last eight 30 against sporting Kansas city. So, right, uh, so that's, that's the risk you run with LA in round one is it. That's it. You, you've got to throw all your boats and, and them playing. And now he's probably going to play week one because Vela is probably not. Um, exactly. I, I don't, he's not officially out, but I mean, he's like monitoring concern injury. So I would expect them to probably just trot out uh, Ramirez and just make sure the Vela gets the extra week and get healthy. Um, I don't know if you need to batter him up against Sporting Kansas City coming off an injury, but I mean that's just me. I don't know that what Bob Bradley will do. Blaine, do you bet against Sporting Kansas City round one? Uh. Probably knowing what Vermes has said in the offseason that he's going to get the young guys some minutes. I could see Busio and Cousin both starting this one. Uh, so, yeah, I think you've kind of got to. They're going to go with the younger squad here. And it, it's worth the risk, especially Ramirez Price. I mean, grab Diamande just for the guarantee. And at the last minute, you've got an extra million if you need to in that last game. Go pick up somebody from Sporting on the bench or whatever. Whatever it may I mean, be. At honestly, that point. if you're looking for LAFC week one, you might want to go with Rossi. I mean, because he, he had a very productive year last year. Um, and I, I think he's certain to play. So um, if you're kind of worried, you know, you, you, you're going to a game, you can't check your lineups, go with Rossi. And I, I think you'll be certain to get a starter. 9.5 right there. Yeah. All right. That's what we've got for LAFC. My ranking, everything's still here from 2018. And that was a great year for LAFC. A. So. This, this is a solid team, but Mike is very right. Uh, definitely on the pricey side, so watch out for that. Maybe a later team in the season, though. So I uh, did not change my grades factoring in budget and early of the year. So just just quality, fancy choices. Uh, Blaine, Minnesota United. Uh, I will, before you get started, real quick, uh, we're filling out the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational League, where we get a lot of experts and Patreon members uh, to join in. And we uh, have a couple of, of new names from Minnesota joining us. It's uh, uh, Steve McPherson and uh, Jamie Watson. May uh, or Watson, sorry, I was thinking 
I've got FCC stuff going on too. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Watson uh, as well, and uh, former player, uh, the under the junior national team under seventeen. I think he played some, uh, but they both beat reporter for Minnesota podcast. They had a great little podcast today, fifteen minutes talking about fantasy. So we got them involved. Excited to have them. Uh, but are we going to be nice about Minnesota, Blaine? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota is one of those teams that last year we gave them a lot of crap. Uh, they got a lot of crap on online especially, but they were in most of their games. They they didn't win them, but they were in them, and you could see the potential with some of this. And this year they've gone out and bought two players to kind of fix their issues. They got Ozzy Alonzo out of Seattle as a free agent, and then they went and dropped a whole pile of money on Sporting Kansas City for Ico Parra. Um, I don't think Ico Parra is worth that type of money, but clearly they're making a statement that they're going to try to shore up this defense and get things done. So when you give you up add, more goals in the second year than the first year, I think you just got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we add, you add back in Kevin Molina, who took an injury last year. If he can come back healthy and kind of facilitate this offense that added Darwin Quintero as one of the kind of highlight additions from last season, You've got a recipe for something good here. It It's all going to depend on how quick they gel together and come into play, but they've shored up their positions, fighting for a playoff spot in 2019. Um, they can be competitive. Um, that's what we're hoping for out of this one. I'm, I'm impressed with what I've seen in the offseason. And, yeah, just plenty of options all the way around, top to bottom. They've got some decently priced players at almost every position. Uh, Miguel Ibarra had, was kind of lighting it up in preseason from what I could tell. Um, coming in at 7.5, I mean, he's probably your second or third goal scorer on this team. Just lots of options here. It's going to be fun to see where they go this season. Uh, do you guys agree? I mean, I, th- I think there's definitely the potential for Alonzo and Ibarra to – help the fantasy value of the players around them more so than, than themselves because they're kind of expensive. Uh, but those cheaper players around them could benefit more if you're just kind of hunting around for that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like they generally just hurt the value of um, the opposing um, players that you want. <laughs> you know, I don't think they're going to be quite as – you know the gold mine to to pick against mm-hmm. this year, but I mean I don't know how healthy they're going to stay. That that's kind of my big concern. Um, I mean I think they're certainly going to improve the defense, um, but I mean they're both injury played uh, veterans at this point. I mean Opara has been good the past few years, but I mean he's getting up there. Uh, I don't know how long he is, but you know on a week to week basis, if he's healthy, uh, I think he'll be improve them. Uh, I mean, they still have Francisco Calvo on there, so I'm very questionable as to whether or not that's a competent defense regardless. Uh, I think they'll still let in goals. I wouldn't be terrified to – I don't think Alonzo and Opara makes them so good where when they're on the road, I'm scared to pick the home team. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Um, but, I mean – Quintero's good, and uh, Blaney is right. Uh, we don't know when Molino is going to be back from his injury. I don't think he's back yet. He wasn't projected to be in week one starting lineup. Um, but when he's going to come back, I, I think there's going to be a much more dynamic offense. And apparently their new DP is not projected to start either, which says a lot about their DP. <laughs> I will see. And why you traded away Christian Ramirez. Uh, I think we've got enough for Minnesota there. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be down on them, but I, I, what I was hoping to convey during this bit was that they're, they're on an uptick. So uh, I think, Mike, you got it right. 
there there may not be enough to make you afraid to pick the home team, but they're definitely not going to be the gold mine uh, points they were last year. Uh, but it's year three, so that that has to be better than year one and two, right? I mean, and they have a new stadium, and it's going to be on. And the that's grass. on the way. Uh, there we go. So we have all that uh, with this little bit of an uptick. Uh, I give Minnesota a solid C. Um, we'll we'll see how maybe one or two players you might bounce back and forth of it if fortunate. But solid C right there. Uh, Dominic, let's talk about the Portland Timbers. Um, I mean, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of change with the Timbers uh, coming into this year. They're pretty pretty much the same team that made it all the way to the final last year. I mean, you still have Diego Valeri, Diego Valeri you still have Sebastian Blanco. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be something to, they do have good value. Um, I really do like, uh, Ebobise just because he's again, seven and a half million. He seemed, I mean, he's going to probably be, um, the one kind of trotting out up there up top. Um, since, you know, you don't have, uh, your guy in Cincinnati anymore. Um, but I don't pick anybody week one um, personally because as much as I I can't bet against the Rapids in home openers, truthfully, um, they haven't lost in their last five home openers. So it's something that I do think they're going to be pretty pretty pragmatic and they're not going to let in a whole lot, at least I hope, um, which me saying this means they are going to let in six goals. So <laughs> do whatever you want to do. Um, but I do think that you know they still are solid defensively. They still got... Uh, they still got Diego Chara and um, you know, I, th- I think they are a good team there. I think they're a really good team and there's a lot of good value there. I mean, coming to play in Colorado is always kind of a, a difficult thing for a lot of people. It's probably going to snow. We're probably going to have the orange balls out. Oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna that's be fun great. times. That's fun times. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that just means three Colorado players right there. Orange balls right. everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Mike Blaine. Um, my thoughts, what I wrote down next to Portland was see you in the fall. Um, because they have a very long road trip. I think it's pretty much all of the spring season. Um, if, if I remember right, um, I mean, they have a ridiculous road stretch to start the game. It's kind of like DC stadium last year. Thing? Yeah. yeah the the re- being renovated. Oh, I missed, I missed that. Yeah. Big, big stadium renovation. I think they're adding like a second deck or something to their, to one of those. Oh, stands. no, I did see that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they're, they're on the road. We are pretty much not going to see them. <laughs> you know? Right. It is going to be a DC um, thing. Like when they come back to do that, that right. home stand. Yeah. So they're, I mean, you're going to want like Diego Valeri pretty much every week in the fall season. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be just lock and load. <laughs> um, until then, I don't think um, Portland is an interesting. I think they'll be okay on the road because they're very, you know, what they when they were at their best last year was sitting back and bunkering um, and kind of grinding out ugly results. Um, that's what I expect them to do, but that's not great for fantasy because they're going to be playing, you know, maybe get maybe a clean sheet. All their value is going to be defensively, but who picks defenders on the road? So. I mean, this is just be a team just to kind of watch their lineups. And I, I'm I'm checking out of this team for fantasy wise uh, until they have home games, you know. And when they are they're home, they would be great. But um, I mean, unless it's a real special case, um, maybe like Diego Valeri at Chicago or something. Maybe I don't pick Valeri. Cincinnati. <laughs> well, but it's Cincinnati's def- a good defense. <laughs> theoretically, it's going to be it's going to be the defensive the defensive Cincinnati and the defensive Portland just yelling back and forth at each other like come on come on let's do it. 
and it's just going to be yeah. That's going to be like the worst game in MLS history. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be there. By golly, I will. That be will make there. it even worse. <laughs> hat and a scarf. Uh, all right, great for Portland Timbers. Uh, solid all-around team. Just a little bit older than they were last year. A minus. Uh, maybe that run. Maybe maybe we do a B plus because of that away, but it's going to all balance out at the end. So A minus. Go with the A minus still. Uh, Real Salt Lake is next. Uh, Mike and Blaine, I'll let you guys decide which one of you wants to talk about Jason's team first. Hello, friends. RSL is the best team in the country. <laughs> um, RSL uh, is interesting um, because they signed a DP that no one's ever really heard of. Uh, Johnson, he's an $8 million forward. Um, it's kind of a real big question um, around them. Um other than that, it's it's kind of the same thing as we have for RSL, where they have a bunch of young guys who are kind of waiting to step up. But, I mean, it's at this point they're at the time where they really need to step up. Um, so you kind of have the same thing that you're going to have with usual with RSL. Um, we'll see how this Johnson uh, signing pans out for them. Um, obviously, you're going to look at Rusnak, who I think is at $10 million. Um, not not the highest price, but he's certainly not cheap for uh, his production. Um, he's good at home. Um, their defense, I think, is still leaky. Uh, if they still have Beckerman, I think they're still kind of questionable because I think he's getting to the point where he's just not able to produce the way he was able to produce in the past. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking at RSL. I think when RSL's on the road, <clears throat> I don't think their defense is going to be anything to scare you away from picking home uh, offensive players. Uh, and when they're at home, their offensive players are pretty good. I, I don't see a lot of value in their defense um, with as inexperienced and as as low quality as it's been in the past. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking for RSL. I think they're a playoff bubble team in most people's um, analysis, and I think that's probably right. Blaine? Yeah, this team is really as good as Rusnak and Krylock can be, and that's where they're going to hinge. I agree with Mike on that, that their defense just leaves a lot to be desired at this point. Justin Glad was supposed to be the next big thing coming up in MLS, and he really tanked last year. I was really disappointed in that from a U.S. national team standpoint and everything else. He was just one of those guys that I was hoping would come up and do something big, and he fell off. A big name that I'm looking at this year on the roster is Corey Baird. Um, Sam Johnson's that new forward, but it, at 8 million, that doesn't say MLS has a ton of confidence. It's, he's going to be the go-to guy. And we saw Corey Baird banging in goals last year as a young kid. Uh, if he's got any international hype going on, which I haven't heard of it, um, I expect them to try to keep him in the lineup and in the rotation just to see if they can drive his value up and then sell him. Other teams may be looking for a forward soon, and he's got—he's one of those young kids that could be transferred. He comes in at six-five. I mean, I could see him getting a lot of rotation minutes with Sam Johnson. So, catch him on the right week. He's good for a couple of goals. He's got a couple of really good playmakers around him in Rusnak and Krylock and Savarino and Plata. I mean, there's just there's a lot of weapons here if they can ever put it together. But I'm looking more at if it's not one of the two big names, then it's one of the it's somebody cheap like Corey Baird. Dominic, anything to add to that? Um, I mean, I think that RSL is a very similar team when you look at them from a fantasy perspective or in a league perspective as Houston, where, you know, they have everybody up top where, you know, if they're hitting, they can do well. Um, but what are they going to do in that, like, defensive midfield position where they've got a little bit more age and then they got, you know, their younger center central defense, defenseman who can't really, like, 
who did drop off last year. So um, can Brooks Lennon kind of come off to the off the wing and help out and supplement the attack? Can he get back quick enough? I don't I know. Have, I had them graded similar to, to Houston, actually. Uh, uh, I mean, you guys were, were nailing it pretty much. Big question marks at forward, big question marks at defense. With the defense being that question questionable, do you want to spend 5.5 on Ramondo for anything but a PK stopper? Because he'll beat everybody in that every year. Uh, defensive mids, question marks. It's really just Rusnak, <clears throat> Quilet maybe. Uh, really just Rusnak. And so uh, I like that they have several promising players, but the big question is can they get everything together and – and will that printer hold out for them one more year? Uh, D plus, <laughs> D plus, right there. Someone on on your question player. about Ramondo, I would take him in situational, um, only because in the West they have a few teams like San Jose and Vancouver, who I think are going to struggle to produce goals against those kind of teams. Then I would take Ramondo, but I mean otherwise, you know. Uh, and we'll figure out who the v- real value keepers are. There's usually one or two, and you know, at five point five. If five point five is not bad, uh, it's, not it's bad. It, it's it's not bad. I would I would and expect there are probably five point that could do better than him. Yeah, and uh, it may get better as some of the um, premium guys rise due to clean sheets. Yeah. I, mean, I oh, don't yeah, think Melia and all of them are going to stay at six point for long. Uh, but speaking of the Quakes, Blaine, talk about the Quakes. Blaine. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good analysis of the quakes. I thought I was muted and I didn't know what was going on. So, um, yeah, quakes. Um, that's pretty much my preview <laughs> on MLS Fantasy Boss. It's pretty much a, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, I went and did a draft yesterday, and this was one of those teams that I didn't even look at their lineup to draft. It was just uh, steer clear. Um, they brought in Christian Espinosa. I know nothing about him. Another one of these forwards that's supposed to come in and make an impact, and he's 8.5. That's He and Vaca are the two most expensive players on the team for fantasy. Um, none of their big signings, none of their signings. I see new names. None of them mean anything to me. Um, no fanfare, really, with any of this on MLS's website. I just There was nothing that happened here. I think the biggest storyline for the season and as bad as this is going to sound is can Wando break the record and the way they're playing I don't know that he's going to be able to break the record he's oh, not yes. he's probably yes, not the he best will. he's probably not the best forward on this team so but are they going to just play him anyway till he gets the record and then figure it out from there what else yes. do they have to play for <laughs> yeah I, yeah I mean just that's how that's how crazy this team is that they're probably going to play for a record for one of their players rather than to try to win all the games and put out the best lineup. I have no faith in this team this year. So I am not as down on San Jose as that. I'm not high enough to. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs uh, necessarily. Maybe they'll be on the bubble, but they they've had some okay preseason games. Erickson's done a little bit better. They still got Godoy. Vaco was was doing well. They've got Lima back in the lineup, which he was in and out some last year, had some some good showings with the national team. Uh, they got a 4.0 keeper, so at least that's something to keep an eye on from a fantasy point of view. Vega probably going to be starting. That makes me think of Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then Wando will get his share throughout the season. So, I mean, they're not horrible, and they put together some decent preseason results, so does that not count for anything? At least, at least a maybe. 
you know, there, there's something interesting about San Jose. Uh, and I said I did this for you for um, MLSFantasyBoss.com. Um, and it was really interesting because their their coach um, is the coach from Chivas. Um, and he brought he yeah. has like a man-marking style, um, which I can definitely see, especially early in the season, throwing teams, um, which is why I think Nick Lima at 5.5 is an interesting option. If it throws teams enough where they play as defensively as Chivas is and are able to kind of grind out clean sheets like that, um, that could be really interesting, and maybe Nick Lima can provide some crosses and stuff to get some bonus points, um, and, and can be a good value option. Um, but they just don't seem to have the talent. I mean, they brought in Lopez, he's one of their big signings. Um, and, and you mentioned Vega, uh, as the other one. Um, but it's just the talent. I mean, the other thing is too that apparently there's already rumors from Mexico that Almeida wants to leave because he's not happy with the budget that San Jose have given them, which based on their signings is kind of <laughs> plausible. So makes sense. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know really where this team is. Um the extra time guys, the highest prediction for San Jose was 10th, most had them as eleventh or twelfth um in a blood battle with Vancouver for the wooden spoon. Um <laughs> You know, so brought to you by Andrew Weeby. <laughs> brought to you by Andrew Weeby. Uh, no, I think that's actually sponsored by uh, Anthony Precourt right now. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't see a whole lot of value for fantasy. I mean, because even Wando last year was coming off the bench, so you can't even like depend upon him. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of figuring that they're going to try to get him enough goals so that he can break the record against the LA Galaxy. I think that's pretty then, much then, then he becomes a, then he becomes the next coach. <laughs> but let me mention too that that coaching hire also was to help rebuild the locker room because he had a reputation of being someone who could do that, who could get the mentality of people switched around. And so uh, you do wonder if just having your head in the right place can help impact. I totally agree. Like I, I'm not saying San Jose <laughs> is going to go out there. And, and just go gangbusters and score all the goals and make it in there. But I think there are a few players that could be valuable situationally, like Lima in some of those situations. Uh, but See, this this team shouldn't have fired Dom Kinnear. They're trying to play like they're Atlanta with the budget of Vancouver. And, I mean, Dom Kinnear had him where he's much more defensive. And ever since they've tried to go to a style, they just don't have the personnel for the style. So I'm interested to see if Almeida, if he does stay, can bring to them a style that's more defensive that I think better fits their budget. And I think would be more successful in the long term. All right. And that's our five minutes. Uh, so as I was already alluding to a couple of times, uh, I'm basically going to say that I think they have several promising players and have some impressive preseason moments, but 2018 was garbage and they have to show me they can do better than that before I really have any faith in San Jose D plus. All right, let's go on to Seattle. I've forgotten who we are on now. Uh, is it you, Dominic? Sure, why not? All right, Seattle Sounds. Right. Um, you know, I actually feel fa- fairly confident with Seattle. Um, I do think that this is Nicola Dara is going to leave sometime throughout the season if he can. I think they're going to, I mean, I know he said that he wanted to get out of there. Um, he wanted this to be his last year. Um, but I mean, I, I have faith in uh, Rui Diaz. He's, he is the man. Um, and then you also have, you know, Christian, the darling Christian real Don. So that's what kind of everybody is packing on about. I mean, Chad Marshall's still around. So defensively, you're going to, you're going to feel pretty solid. Um, he's a little bit more expensive at six. Um, and then, you know, Roman Torres still, um, and he's at five. So I guess it's not that bad of a, of a play. Um, but the thing is, you know, they don't really have, um, they're they're going to be. I think they're a good pick 
early season just because they're not really playing. Um, you know, they're not in CCL. They don't have to worry about that. They're in a Western conference that seems a little bit weaker and you get to play against people um, like San Jose and like they're playing against Cincinnati the first week, which again, we have no idea what's going to really happen with Cincinnati. I know that we like to think that they have all the defensive options, but you have no clue. So we'll see what happens. So I will just say that I did watch the, the Cincinnati Columbus game and, and it was, there was a red card from Lamar, Mike, that sort of challenge, which we've seen from Seattle uh, during, during that, preseason but uh, they played 10 men down for about 61 minutes uh and columbus was very easily able to dissect fc cincinnati's defense at times zara's got a brace um almost had a hat trick as well now that's what columbus is designed to do to to do that push and look for those those diagonal passes that can really break the lines but um there's i think there's some some worry (laughs) so so worry about for seattle um because, I mean, to me, the big I think there's two big questions. One is how they do they replace Ozzy Alonso uh, and not having that defensive shield because they were a much better team uh, defensively with Ozzy Alonso. Um, I understand why they moved on from him because he was getting older. Um, but, I mean, you know, I don't know if they've quite replaced him yet. The other big question is Jordan Boris and how he comes back from injury and whether, how much he can contribute. Um, he was very inconsistent from what we saw before. Um so we'll see how he can get, come back from that injury. Um, if he does, he's $8 million. Um, That would be a pretty cheap option. Um, my other thought on Seattle is that they're actually relatively cheap for the back line. Like, I mean, as of last year, they were probably one of the better, uh, more reliable defensive teams, uh, home teams in the league. Um, if that's the case, again, this year, um, they have a bunch of, like, options at $5 million or 5.5. I mean, Chad Marshall's six, but he's the only one who's $6 million or more. Um, whereas if you look at like, you know, the New York Red Bulls, they're, they're all pretty much six. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah, and a bunch of seven. So um, Seattle is relatively cheap as far as a, a good defense to get into. So I think that's something to watch for fantasy, especially week one with Columbus, uh, excuse me, Cincinnati, um, not seeming to pose too much of an offensive threat. And I think you're likely to see Kihi in, as that center partner and not. Um... Yes. Torres, yeah. Torres, there we go. I I agree with everything Mike said, and that's kind of the way I'm feeling, but I have been called out online a couple of times for my comments on this team, and I wrote the Fantasy Boss article. Um, Brad Smith is going to be the left back, as far as everybody knows. He and Rodriguez are going to try to overload that left-hand side. Um, That's going to take Morris and bring him back a little bit. He's going to be used more as a counterattacking piece, and that will shield some of his inconsistency and his weakness there um to replace alonzo it looks like they're going with the 4-2-3-1 this year and it's going to be svenson and roldan side by side and svenson had some moments of brilliance last year he looked pretty good um this pairing and the more time they spend together could probably make up for a lot of that um, Alonzo was getting older, so I think they were already starting to look at ways to do this. So that's kind of what the Seattle fans have been telling me is the look for this season. Take that for what you will. I think they're going to really miss Alonzo this year, and I don't think Morris is going to give them what they want, and I expect somebody to start challenging for that starting role early on in the season and make Morris fight back for it. But. Uh- Final question. Will this be uh, just like we normally see first season on the struggle bus and then coasting to the playoffs at the end of the season, Mike? Um, Less so than usual. Um, 
I think they have a better start schedule wise. Um, and I think especially with Ladero and Rui Diaz having had an off season to work together, I, I think they'll be not as bad out of the gate. Dominic. I would agree. I think it's actually going to be the opposite. I think they're going to come out and, um, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to shock the people who said that they need Alonzo and then taper off near the end and realize that they need to force like Alonzo to take them past that first half season wall. Blaine. Um, strong start ladero leaves in july all right they're just gonna fall off uh for me this is a tale of two cities uh as far as or tale of two seattles as far as this goes um if they punch their ticket for another trip on the early struggle bus then i give them an f if they uh do anything else but that i give a seam an a uh so i mean i really i think seattle's an a team they've got they've got uh, options at all positions and like blaine was saying smith is a five uh kim kihi is 5.5 uh leardom is a five so i mean there's a lot of budget right there i mean you could you could even if you are so down on fc cincinnati for for round one you could even go with three seattle defenders on your back line uh that would be kind of wild if you were really pushing for that clean sheet uh if you do that let me know because uh, I want to know how that works out for you. Well, I mean, I'll know because I'll see the results, <laughs> but um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm just curious. So, all right, uh, let's move Are on. Are you going to do that, Reed? Go, go big against your home team. Come on, <laughs> that I, I made a promise to myself at the start of the season that I was not going to be a player that was like, I will never bet against my own team. And yeah, I've got three Seattle defenders right now. Uh, Blaine, Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Yeah, um, CCL. Biggest thing you talk about at the beginning of the season is going to be CCL 3-0 win against Toluca at home, but they go on the road Thursday. Vermes has promised a lot of rotation and to give the young guys minutes this year. That means look at names um, like Busio, like Cousin. Croize is probably going to get back in there. Barath is probably going to get some time on defense as their third center back. He's 4.5. Um, Jalen Lindsay could probably see some minutes if it's not Rodney Wallace. I mean, they're switching that at left back now. And then Sesanovic, it's just going to watch the lineups closely here. There's plenty of value in these young kids. And Busio at 16 is more than capable of picking apart any team he meets in MLS. He just needs more experience to do it more consistently. So don't sleep on these young guys early in the season. But as we start going down the stretch, this is probably one of the deepest teams in MLS this year. Um, and they're not priced like some of the super premiums. Johnny Russell at 9.0 was a first or second, or I think a second round pick in all three drafts that I was watching yesterday in draft leagues. And he's coming in at nine. I mean, that's a huge value when the guys that were being taken around him were nine, five, ten, and higher. Um the guys on MLS just named Felipe Gutierrez the best box-to-box in the league. As far as they were concerned, Ilya Sanchez is one of the top five defensive midfielders in the league. I mean, this is just a team that is prepped to come out and win games. Um, probably going to concede a few more goals like they did last year. Probably going to score a few more goals. I've actually predicted them to beat their team scoring record this year again. So look for goals here. Nemeth is the new starting forward. He looked really good in preseason. Um, uh, Roger Espinoza's job's on the line again, and he really stepped it up in the first CCL game. They didn't come in like a team coming off of preseason. They came in in form. But Kellen Rose right there to take that starting spot from him, and 
he's hungry. He wants it. Uh, but Roger's really fighting him off. And this second year in a row, I've predicted Roger not to start the opening game of the season or to lose his starting spot. And he's showing me that he's still got it to not lose that starting spot. So who knows? A uh, little pricey on some of the top end of the roster, especially with Daniel Shallowy being a forward this year at 8.5. I mean, that's going to be tough to work in all the time. But solid team and a lot of rotation. Dominic, Blaine, anything else to add to that? All right. Well, we'll just go straight to the grade then. Uh, great, great wrap-up for them. Um, my grade for Sporting Kansas City is who needs a striker? Uh, B+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, teams don't need strikers. Yeah, I like that read. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, the only reason, that's the only reason that I don't give Sporting Kansas City an A is because they don't really have a, a, a great – Striker option. How do they have um, Nemeth? They mean, don't Nemeth really have a great Nemeth? striker option. Well, they got a B plus, uh, but like you don't have that marquee guy. So B plus. But again, do you, okay, they, Reed, do you need a marquee guy if you're going to get ten goals from both of your wingers plus another ten to fifteen from your center forward? I mean, that's what thirty five. No, no, line right there. No, you don't. But and, and that's why I said who who needs a striker B plus. But when we're looking at fantasy, are you going to want to load up with? both of those the wingers if you don't know which one's going to be getting the service that week to try to get the, the points okay, as a compared to enough. someone like like Rui Diaz, who you know they're going to be looking for him, to Zlatan, who you know they're going to be looking for, the Rooney, that you know you're going to be looking for him. And Sporting doesn't have that guy, which is the go-to first option for your choice. So fantasy-wise, B+. Okay, I'll give you that. We're going to talk about Graham Zuzi being at $7 million. What do y'all think about that? Yes, right? he's scored like what <laughs> thirty goals in preseason Actually, already. Uh, Mike, thank you. I completely forgot this. Um, looks like Johnny Russell's on corner kicks this year. Um, oh. He took almost all the corner kicks in preseason, and it was Gutierrez and Zusi lining up over uh, set pieces, and they were splitting them about fifty-fifty. So I do expect Zusi's numbers to drop off compared to what we saw last year. So yeah, does well, that make but Zusi's value at nine. Yeah, that, like I said, Russell was taken as a second-round pick in all my drafts. Everybody that is in these leagues was valuing him closer to that premium. I would say he should probably be priced at 10. I think Zussi's price is is fair because maybe they'll start out by splitting, but Zussi's already been hitting those those kicks during preseason, and I think that's going to carry over. And if he becomes the one that is hot, that's going to keep going. Is he going to hit, like, what was he, 11 million last year as a defender? I don't know if he's going to get that high, but I still think his value is an accurate reflection of his potential for a team. And also, if they do a lot with CCL, his price will <laughs> get, um, get just um, skyrocketed right. um, down. All right, uh, Mike, Vancouver. Um, This is a team where everyone that I've read or previewed just kind of gets a big shrug. It's like, oh, no. I mean, there's a lot of new pieces. No one's really sure how they're going to work. I mean, they've lost Alfonso Davies. They've lost Kendall Waston uh, to Cincinnati. They brought in a new coach. Um, this is definitely a rebuilding project. There's none of these big signings where you're like, that guy is great. Um, Fantasy-wise, your only real dependable option is Jordi Reyna. Otherwise, it's a bunch of new guys from leagues that you're not really sure how that how well that's going to translate to MLS. Um, so there's not a whole lot of dependability here. Um, Levis, as a left back, is 4.5. He's projected to be a starter. 
Um, so that's a good value if you're kind of looking for a switcheroo option in the beginning weeks. Um, that's about all. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of cheap options here. So if any of them work out and really hit, there could be some value. But, I mean, I haven't seen anything where I can predict and no one else seems confident in predicting that this team is going to be a success. There's a lot of brand new pieces. So especially early on, they're going to be – it's going to take some time for them to get used to each other and build something. Um, this is a project that Vancouver is going to be looking on for years to come as they get the Alfonso Davies money in and invest in the academy and stuff like that. Um, all the projections had them as one of the worst teams in the league. I don't see a whole lot of value for fantasy here unless they have like a double game week or something like that. They're, this is just a team we're going to be skipping most weeks. Uh, Dominic, Blaine? Yeah, I'd say a lot. I'd echo a lot of that, um, just because it does seem like you know what this year is is we're we're gonna take everything that we just got in from this off season. We're gonna to figure out where we're putting it first before we actually move forward. And as much as I love Zach McMath, I think it's another one of those things where like, hey, I, I feel bad for the guy because if he sticks around for two or three years, then maybe he's got a good situation to be a keeper there. But if not, he's just kind of wasting his time. All right, that's covered it. As for me, for uh, Vancouver, I say, uh, is this Whitecaps 2.0 or 3.0 or uh, how many rebuilds is it now? Um, with so many new pieces, I'm just not sure uh, how solid it's going to be, so I give it a C. Middle of the road. I mean, they got Montero. Uh, that's someone to look at. They've, they've got some potential in some of the midfield, but, I mean, unknown. So, middle of the road, give them a C. Wasn't Montero old when he signed two years ago? What is he now? Thirty-nine. <laughs> is he thirty-nine or thirty-seven now? I don't know what he is. Uh, all right, that is uh, our Western Conference preview. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that. I hoped it was helpful, especially for those new players who may be listening that may not know the league as well. Uh, just getting into it. Um, coming up, as I already mentioned at the top of the show or middle of the show. Uh, we have the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Invitational League. If you're not familiar with this, we talk about it every week on the show. Uh, this is our league for uh, basically experts that we have around the league, plus our top Patreon donors uh, and some of the, the frequent guests on uh, MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, we got Dominic, who's who's in there with us this year, and then some of the staff over at MLS Fantasy Boss. Uh, it's a highly competitive head-to-head -head league that we also talk smack about on Twitter, so we're very excited to be able to mention that. And this year, we have the entire uh, fantasy crew in this from MLS. We've got Ben Bear, we've got Matt Doyle, we've got Bobby Warshaw, but we may not have Andrew Wiebe, and that's going to be up to you guys. We're going to have a poll that comes out tomorrow. Uh, do you, Should Andrew Wiebe be relegated from the Host Insider Experts League. I'm going to leave that up to you guys. You, the people, will decide if Andrew Weeby participates with us this year and uh, try to hold him accountable to fantasy. Or we're going to literally like get a wooden spoon and carve his name into it and send it to him. Like That's that's what's going to happen is the, the Andrew Weeby wooden spoon award right there. Uh, let's get on to our plugs. We are working on having a, a midweek round one update for everybody. It will probably be in the form of a podcast or sorry, a video cast, maybe get that sound uh, dropped for, for the podcast, but we will definitely have a chalkboard dropped with our picks. Again, if you're new, um, before the, the round starts every week, we try to drop an image on Twitter through the ML, at MLSFI Twitter account that has uh, our picks for our, our um, team for, for that week. So we call it chalkboard because the graphic looks like a chalkboard. It's fun. I like it. It's creative. 
Um, keep checking MLSFantasyBoss.com for the recaps that are still coming out. Uh, we're going to have that leading up all the way up to kickoff, and then we'll have some recaps as well. There's also the Fantasy Primer as well as stats from last year. So check those things out if you are working on building your team and want to know more about the history. Um, also head over to r slash fantasy MLS to get uh, tips from that community. There's some Rate My Team threads and find a league. You can get the league's information right there as well, as well as the information for how to join the MLS Fantasy Insider, MLS Fantasy Boss, and r slash fantasy MLS leagues, uh, which give prizes in the form of MLS gift cards. So that's cool. You should go for that. Um, if you're interested in joining us at Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI to find out how you can become a donor of the show. we got a lot of plugs right now. I'm so sorry uh, about that. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I have. Anybody else? Uh, Dominic, want to talk about your, pros, your projects? Uh, yeah, I mean, you always appreciate listens. You can go to my website. It's milehigh-radio.com. We talk about business and uh, sports. I just had an interview with Miss Colorado USA. I got a couple other um, businesses coming on, so a lot of fun stuff. Mike Blaine. Um, well, I'll just hand out my Twitter uh, account for for new people at Mike Dak Tiger. Um, also, if you see any injuries, use the hashtag um, uh, MLS Injury News. We'll try to keep it tracked there. Um, that's how I've, I've retweeted stuff about the Vela and legit injuries. So. Uh, pay attention to that and kind of keep it as a safe search on Twitter. Blaine? Yeah, nothing for me. Just check out the, I guess, check out the articles on Fantasy Boss. I've written a few of them. I think I've got one more coming this week, but the rest of the crew has done really well with the preseason coverage. All right, that is it. Uh, yeah, head over and check out all the projects, especially the Discord chat, MLS Fantasy Boss. Great resources right there. Good luck. <laughs>